Hello and welcome back to Turf Talk and it is our five day derby preview. The entries are now in for the postponed derby at Epsom. 17 of them. We're going to take you through horse by horse. My name's Lewis Tomlinson. As per usual, I'm joined by James Watson. And for the first time on the podcast, it is Charlie Wilton who put up the first group on winning the Turf Talk 12 with Golden Horde at Royal Ascot. Thanks for joining us, Charlie. Hello. How are you doing? Cheers for having us on. Yeah, not bad, mate. Looking forward to some really good racing this weekend. Epsom, obviously, the Eclipse at Sandown, the French Classics as well. Hopefully we can find you a couple of winners. We didn't do two, but at the Curra Santiago, the winner, we called Tiger Moff as the best each way bet as well. He came home in second. So don't listen to Scotty T. Listen to us. <laughs> oh, get in. 50 seconds in and Scotty T has been mentioned. Oh, what a man. What a man, the knowledge that boy has. Uh, but we are going to take you through horse by horse. I think the last time we did that was the Hennessy. Uh, which is a different century ago now, it feels like. So we are going to start with the top one, at, uh, number one, Aidan O'Brien's Oren Nafine. Have we got that right? Charlie, are you going to have a go? Um, I'm going to go with the Jerry Hannon pronunciation of Oren Nafine. But Ooh, I'm like that. hearing that Watson's got something better. Just call him the soldier's song. He's, he's oh. No, Watson, that's that's a poor effort. You're gonna have, you're gonna have to at least half try. I'd rather you butcher it than give him a completely different name altogether. You kind of cop uh, out like that. Like that's like saying Andy Defresne instead of Andy Dufresne. Uh, who's that again? It's like saying Andy Defresne instead of Andy Dufresne. Uh, uh, well, he's entirely changing the language. What yeah. film's that from? I forgot. Oh. Shawshank. Uh, Single crazy. most overrated film of all time. Well, what a start to the pop. <laughs> uh, Five minutes in, I'm controversial already. <laughs> already stirring shit, Charlie's. Uh, before we even talked about an horse, uh, we'll go with Oren Nafine and not Jim's low effort discount version. Uh, fourth in a strong maiden at Leopardstown last time out. 50 to 1, though, he's got work to do, Charlie. Um, it wasn't actually a bad maiden that, that Oren Nafane ran in. I think Tiger Moth won it, and obviously he's gone on to finish second in the Irish Derby. Um, there's not a great deal of form, because he's only twice raced, but the second and the fourth in... No, the second and the third in that race, sorry, um, both placed in the Irish Derby as well. So Tiger Moth was second, Dawn Patrol was third, and Order of Australia was fourth. So really, it's worked out as a hell of a race. But um, most interestingly, I think, is his pedigree. Um, he's a full brother of Was, who won a very good edition of the Oaks. And he's also a full brother of Douglas MacArthur, who did win Derrenstown as a three-year-old and then ended up getting used as a pacemaker in the ledger. So he should stay. And I think he could have each way claims if he can get an advanced place, say, on Bet365 or any other any other bookies that are offering uh, further places in three. Yeah, it's, it's, it's worth worth noting that it was a really strong maiden. and we mentioned on the Irish Derby preview that all that all four uh, of the first at home that race were entered in derbies, and and the three who went to the Curra all backed it up. It was it was probably our stronger three year old maiden we've seen this year. But Jim, it's 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 still another ask for for Oren Nafine to to step up to this, surely. Yeah, um, 
I'm not entirely sure that he, he brought that well last time. He didn't hit the stalls as well as I, I liked, and he was rousted forward, and he, he was sat like three wide. He, he was going quite wide round uh, down the, the back straight, and they didn't go that much of a gallop either. I, I watched the race back again a couple of days ago, and I thought they went a bit of a clip, but um, I don't think they went that fast, and he was in the right place at the right time coming round the bend. And he, he he just looked slightly outpaced in comparison to the other threes in the end. Um, Charlie's talked about his pedigree. Uh, I, I certainly think he'll stay the distance and possibly even further. Um, and I, I sort of see him as dictating the pace up front. Do you think that's how they'll use him, Charlie, as a pacemaker? Uh, yeah, I reckon he probably will go off uh, quite a clip in front, kind of like Sovereign last year. Um, probably will come back to them quite sharpish as they get down towards the straight but I reckon if he could hold on we could see something like Sovereign in last year's Irish Derby where they just let the pacemaker get a bit too far ahead but um, yeah I, I think he back he backpedaled quite quickly in that maiden so um, he was really lucky to hang on to fourth in the end but it could be an alright shout especially if uh, he gets caught uh, if the other runners get caught out by his strong pace yeah, I, I I see what you mean there, Charlie. I, I, in a, in a weird way, you've both kind of hit the nail on the head in different ways. But Jim said he, he he looked outpaced at stages, but also looked like he was emptying quite quickly at the end. And I don't know. I, I think he's a really nice horse going forward. Don't get me wrong, but he's, he's the sort of horse who what you'd be looking at really through handicaps as a bit of a long longer term project. And I don't. I think if he was anything other than Bally Doyle. He wouldn't be running in this race, boys. Yeah, no, and, and his and his price tag one point three million for him. Christ, money to burn. Uh, if we were to rate his chances out of ten, what would we go for, Jim? Well, uh, I'd give him a four. Charlie, um, I'll give him a light to decent four. I'm probably going to be a little bit harsh. I think I'm going to go for a two. He's not going to win it, is he? He's just not going to win it. I've, it, it. It can happen quite often. Aidan O'Brien has ran, and don't get me wrong, I, I think I think this horse is, is fairly decent and will probably be, a, be rated higher than 100 in time, but he's ran, he's ran group winners and trial winners who've gone off, not not 50s, but 33s and the likes. You know, I'm, I'm trying to think back to like Kilimanjaro's and Port Douglas, who had... Much more form in the book than than this horse, and it's it, even fifties really. I'd kind of say he's a little bit he's a little bit on the short side. Uh, moving on to number two, Armory also potentially going to the Prix de Jockey Club at the weekend. Uh, assuming he comes to Epsom Gym, what do you make of him? Yeah, well, he had a very hard campaign as a two-year-old, having seven starts, and he were a three-time winner last year, including a Group Three and a Group Two, and. Uh, arguably, his best performance was probably not not winning. It was probably second to Pinatubu. Um, you saw in his reappearance against Siskin in the Irish 2000s, um, he was buffeted about a bit towards the end of the race. The, the race got messy as Lope Fernandez hung into him. Um, and he was only given one slap late on in hands and heels and I've always been of the opinion that I, I thought he wants a bit further, and I think the step up to a mile and four will be more up his up his street. Um, I'm 
he's not he's not necessarily bred to be staying that distance, but um, I, I'm of the opinion the way he travels, the way he races, he just wants a bit further. Um, but I do think he's an unlikely runner in this. I think he's the uh, French Derby's a lot more up his street. Would you agree with that, Charlie? Yeah, I reckon the 10 furlongs of the pre-dragged clubs are a bit sharper for him. And um, while it might seem a bit pointless chucking him up against Victor Ladorum and Earthlight, uh, he didn't actually do too bad. He held his own in the pre-Jean-Luc Lagardère on Arc Day. Um, so I reckon while he does want a bit further, he's out of a Daniel Dancer-Mare. So Bally Doyle have had quite a bit of success with Daniel Dancer-Mare's uh, Breeding with Galileos. You've got Circus Maximus, you've got Minding, you've got the Gurkha. Um, they're all, they've all won at a mile, at quite a stiff mile as well. So there's the stamina there to go to 10, but I don't think he's going to appreciate the you know quite harsh test that is Epsom. So I reckon he is probably one for the French Derby, but it would be nice to see him. I think you summed it up perfectly there, Charlie. I think this horse gets 10 all day long. I wouldn't be particularly sure about him. Wanting 12, and with the French Derby looking like... I, I, I was going to say maybe... Not quite an easy race, but maybe not the depth there. I know the Coolmore boys have Ocean Atlantic, who's a their big hope for that already. I could see why the Pre Jockey Club might suit him there. I think you'd be more confident of him hit, hitting the free in France than you would be at Epsom. He, he's a smart horse and he's, he's, he's held his form quite well. It was a fine reappearance in the Irish Guineas. Probably just lapped that final turn of pace at a key moment. And I, I wouldn't. He, he merits. He merits a crack at a derby if if they so wanted to. I, I don't think he'd be a a daft runner, and he'd deserve his place in the lineup. But I do think that yeah, France looks like a more sensible and realistic option. Yeah, uh, I, I echo everything that you've just said. Would you? What would you rate him out of ten, mate, for his Epsom prospects? Uh, I'll, I'll give him a six. That's quite. I'd, I'd, am I going to be being harsh all day today? Am I going to be going a couple below you all the time? <laughs> it sounds like it. You gave Pleasant Company a two for the Grand National last year after he took his runner up the year before. Jesus <laughs> Christ, he's not going to be all that bad in that. Charlie, what about you for Armory? I'm going to go on your side and say I'm a bit harsher than Watson. I'm going to give him a five, even if he did turn up. It'd be a four for me. The, 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 the one thing you have to do at Epsom is stay. <laughs> Christ. You, you have to stay. Was a bit harsh. Do you think, well, I'd, I, 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 think there are, I, I think there are at least six strong, stronger stayers in him. And I think there are at least three to four better horses. You know, lot, lots of things are going to have to underperform or go wrong for others if, if Harmony wins a derby in my opinion. That's not saying I don't like the horse, because I really do, and I think he'd have a right chance in France, but I just don't think this is a race for him. Uh, moving on to number three, Hugo Palmer's horse, Emissary, a first runner in the race for that trainer. Uh, runner up in the Cockered Hat Stakes, a winner at Wolverhampton back end of last season, only two starts so far. Uh, beautifully bred, though a half-brother, of course, to Workforce, who won this race a decade ago now, Time has flown uh, by Kingman. Beautiful pedigree, but might have a bit of work to do here, Charlie. Yeah, he's not exactly bred to stay. Obviously, as a half brother, a workforce. 
Um, but there is a bit more pace there from Kingman. However, having said that, he didn't actually do too awfully in the cocktail at Goodwood. Uh, he only went down by a neck to Khalifa Sat, who is again running in the derby. Uh, that was about one mile three, and he made really good progress through the field because uh, he was just sort of dropped out the back and then made quite quite strong progress under James Doyle. Um, he was just touched off in the end, but I don't think he ever really looked on terms with the winner that day. No, me, me neither, mate. I, I like Khalifa Sat. We're gonna, I'll, we're gonna be touching on him in a bit, but yeah, that, that, that that's the way I get it. I, I felt as well was that the winner of that race was always just doing enough. I know he had slightly more experience than the winner, and and the winner probably came from a less uh, advantageous position during the race when things heated up. But I wouldn't be so keen on the idea of him turning the form around here. What about you, Jim? Yeah, he was lost off the bridle, wasn't he, in that far of the race? And I, I just don't think the race set up for him, really. Uh, I think a faster gallop, um, settling towards middle of the rear, I think they'll ride him a bit more prominently. But they almost warned him as if he wasn't going to um, stay the distance, I thought. And he's got a lovely, good ground action. That's my slight worry. Uh, this weekend, there's a bit of rain forecast around on on the Friday and the Saturday of Epsom. Um, I'm I'm not entirely. I can see it cutting up quite a bit the ground, uh, and I, I feel like the better ground, the better for him. Um, that that's my only worry. And, and you've mentioned that farm behind Khalifa. So that was you you like the chances of him, and, and I'll be singing his praises later as well. It's interesting that we're both keen on that. We've we've not really spoke. You know, about what we're planning to say on this before. Jim's made a pace map, which we're going to talk about later as well. Uh, but I'm interested that you, that you quite like Khalifa. So I don't think this horse is a bad price at 33s, though, Charlie. I think it's quite a backable price at 33s each way. Um, Jim Crowley is actually jocked up and he's a man on fire uh, looking at his Ascot form. And since then, he's had a couple of good winners. Um as I say, he was just touched off at Goodwood, but I reckon at each way, 33s, he's not he's not too bad. Um, but I think in a bit we'll talk, touch on Cleaver Sat. I'd be more keen on him. Yeah, I, I'd be similar. I, I, I'd, I would give Emissary a 5 out of 10, though, to be fair. I'd, I'd rather be with him than Armory, personally. What about you, James? Um, first of all, would you like to know what an emissary is? Pointless, uh, pointless yeah, it's, it's, a, uh, it's like a messenger type person from the olden days, is it? It's a person of diplomatic represent, representative on a special mission. You see, I'm, Susie Dent over here, I'm all my words, mate. <laughs> Not just a pretty face. Um, big vocab as well. I'd give, him, I'd give him a solid five. Um, it, it wouldn't surprise me if he if he was closer to the winner than further behind. Um, that didn't really make sense. But, yeah. Charlie, what are your thoughts? I'm going to be a bit harsher and give him a four. Um, oh. He looked like he was trying and trying. And just the way he finished off in his last race, I don't think he's got the legs for it. Do you think it could be the sort of horse that goes and wins like the Gordon Stakes? Yeah. That's that, that, that's how I see him. You know what I mean? Is I, I think work in progress 
at the minute. And I think the derby might come a little bit too quickly. But I do think he's probably at least a listed. I know he's, he was touched off in a listed race last time. It was only a 400 event. But I can see him holding his own in listed group three company during the season. I'm just not... Well, he's, he's, he's got a job on, really, hasn't he, to win a derby on what we've seen so far. Uh, moving on to number four which is the favourite English king for Ed Walker and Frankie de Torre. Uh, easy winner of the Lingfield Derby trial last time out. James, I'll let you fire away with the favourite. Um, yep, yeah, more pointless information about English king, which I, I read on Twitter the other day. I think David Johnson at time, but on beyond Nielsen did have a two-year-old that was called English king previous. Um, he sadly died in unraced but uh, this is looking to be Ed Walker's first Group 1 winner uh, and I never knew that Beyond Nielsen owned the stables of Ed Walker um, but them stables did bring out the 1974 Derby winner in Snow Night for Peter, ne- uh, Peter Nelson so there's some pointless information about that for you um, he didn't break as well as I liked at Lengfield last time out uh, they, I, I think they went a, a good enough gallop, but they gave him enough time to get back into the race. Uh, they sort of sat for a bit on the far side, and then coming from the home bend, they tried to kick on a bit, but the horses just weren't good enough. Um, and he's sat there. Mark One's given him a little niggle round the bend, and he, he's picked the bridle back up, and he's won hard held in the end. A very easy, easy winner. Understandable why. Um, People will think he's got a serious chance in this. I mean, Anthony Van Dyke won the race last year, um, and he looked to be full of class in, in that uh, Langfield Derby trial. And Ed Walker's been very bold this week in coming out. I wouldn't swap him for anything in the race. Um, stamina is, is good on it on his uh, damn side, and on, on his side side with Camelot. Pacifique stayed one mile seven and had some flight for Andrew Baldy and ran uh, over two miles over hurdles, in fact. So I don't think stamina is an issue. I don't think uh, the track will be a problem having run at Lingfield. My only issue is as he he's, he's not run at the highest level yet and we don't really quite know where he stands in, in comparison to everything everything else. Um, he's it, it, This is sort of a He's either going to hose up or he'll be a staying on fifth or sixth, in my opinion. Um, he could absolutely whop these, but I wouldn't be surprised if he, if he disappointed. Charlie, how impressed were you by what he did at Linfield? Um, I think based on his bare form, I think he didn't actually beat any bad horses by any chance at Linfield. And I think, as James said earlier, uh, Lingfield does replicate quite well to Epsom. You know, they've um, worked a bit on the corner at the home straight. They've brought it a bit more sharper. It's quite downhill, sweeping turn, just like Tattenham Corner. But I know you mentioned Anthony Van Dyke won the Lingfield Derby trial last year. Just um, the Lingfield Derby trial hasn't actually produced a Derby winner before Anthony Van Dyke since the high rise in 1998. Uh, so in terms of it being quite a good predictor for Epsom, it's not that fantastic but the way he quickened up under Mark on when he gave him a bit of a shake uh, they went on and won by I think it was two and three quarter lengths from Berkshire Rocco 
Um, that was very impressive for me, and I can see why people ploughed into him, especially being out of Camelot. You know he's going to like a bit of digging the ground, he stays. But I'm not personally sold. I think you can stick Frankie on board as much as you want, but it's it's just one of those where I'm, I'm not convinced by him, and I think it is a job where he'll, he'll batter them or he'll disappoint. I like that you mentioned the link... Uh the Linfield Derby trial being quite bad because that, that was one of the reasons why I, I called Anthony Van Dyke uh, the most underpriced horse in the Derby, the one who represented the least amount of value last year. I got that very badly wrong, and part of my reasoning for that was Aidan O'Brien always sends his shite one to Linfield. Who's Kilimanjaro? Who's Nevis? Who's Edge of Aquarius? Who's Alessandro Volta? He never did anything. Or oh, Anthony Van Dyke? Oh, he'll go in the Derby though. Yeah, good shout that was Tomo. <laughs> uh, it was the most taking trial performance, I think. I, I, I wouldn't argue with that. He was he was toying with Barcherocco and it, it ended up being two and three quarters. It could have been much further than that and it he looked the winner for a long time before it hit the front, just toying with him. And it was a good race. Barcherocco has, has proven himself to be actually probably a lot better than people thought he was this season, a proper solid yardstick, ran well at Royal Ascot as well, and the couple of horses in behind had decent enough two-year-old form. It's just the price, isn't it? It's just the price. They're, they're, yeah. I, I know there's been a bit of a debate, which we'll, which we'll talk more about when we come to Camacore, about who should be the right favourite. I think in terms of questions to answer, English King has the least. The trap should suit, based off what he did at Lingfield. We know he stays. He's clearly, you know, a horse capable of running to 115-plus. So, looking at this, I don't think that that there's too much not to like about him, other than the fact that he's almost been the obvious one for too long. And people are going to try and take him on on the day. I do think he's a little bit short, but I can completely see him winning it, and I think he's a proper proper animal. Yeah, I I, I agree. Like, I, we will talk about it later, but the the price is is probably the only thing that's putting me off at this moment in time. Uh, we don't want to overdo the jockey situation and. Uh, Tom Macklin does have a does have a ride in the race on Khalifa Sat. Uh, I put a tweet up yesterday uh, on two, on Monday night, just looking at the SPs of the first Derby mounts of a couple of leading jockeys since the 1980s. Not a single one's ridden a, a, a single figure price horse. Never mind the favourite for a Derby. Frankie's first ride was 14s, and that was the shortest. You're looking at like the likes of Mick Kinnan, Johnny Murta, Pat Smullen, Asheen Murphy's first Derby ride was a hundred to one shot. You know, even Joseph O'Brien rode a twenty to one outsider on his first Derby ride. You know, the, the time will come for Mark Wand. The time will come, and you only have one shot at a Derby. I'd want the man with the most know-how to be on board, and I. I completely understand why why they've gone for Frankie. I hope that doesn't detract to anything if the horse wins, if I'm honest, because some of the negativity sent to connections in the past few weeks, I've, I think, has been a little bit sour grapes rather than rather than treating anything fairly. And I hope that if the horse does win, there's no uh, 
pissy backlash. You know what I mean? People throwing toys out of prams. Uh, you'd get a solid 8 out of 10 for me, Jim. In fact, maybe even... Yeah, I'll, I'll say 8. I'm with you. 8 all the way. Charlie, for you, mate. I'm going to be devil's advocate and I'm going to say 7. But I think oh. it's more of a hope he doesn't win rather than I think he doesn't win because he's, he's favourite for a reason. He was very impressive and... Like Frankie's Frankie, isn't he? So yeah, he's it's the sort of thing where I, I think if he's fives, we all go tens. He's a bet. Mm, yeah, <laughs> basically. Yeah, but it's it 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 is a it is a game of prices and likelihoods, and he, he I I think he's probably the right favourite, but maybe still a little bit short in the market. Wonder how the market will go as well, whether. Bookies are going to come and, come and try and, and get him in the morning, or whether the Frankie factor will see him shorten into something absolutely ridiculous. I think he'll be closer to the latter, to be fair. As we move on to number five, which is Gold Maze for Jesse Harrington, David Egan jocked up sixth in the Irish Derby last time, Charlie. Uh, yeah, his form isn't, isn't, isn't awful. He was sixth in the Irish Derby on Saturday, and he was second in the Gallinule Stakes. Uh, behind Crossfire Hurricane and pretty much he beat the field uh, in second that day. Uh, he was third in the Beresford last year behind Innisfree, who uh, I was actually really looking forward to seeing in derbies, but that hasn't materialised. Um, and interestingly, on debut, uh, he beat Aaron Fane when he was fifth behind Sinuan. Um But he, sh- he stayed on quite well in the Gallinule, uh, obviously, that was over 10, 10 furlongs on good to f- uh, good ground, sorry. Um, but he was far too keen for me to go anywhere near him on Saturday. If he turns up, I wouldn't be interested in him at all. No, that that was my point as well, Charlie. I, I, I think he's a smart horse, probably actually merits his place in a derby despite being a maiden. But you cannot do what he did at the Curra at Epsom and get away with it. He'd probably need to improve again even if he settles better. Uh, looks to be an uphill task for Gold Maze, Jim. Yeah, for sure. And I don't think he ran that badly in the uh, Irish Derby, if I'm being honest. He probably did the best of the horses towards towards the front of the... Uh, towards the pace, really. Um, he he was keen, but he... And I know he didn't, he didn't necessarily look like um, he... What's the word? Stayed like... He didn't look like he stayed on, but I thought he ran better than than what people would have given credit for. Um, the, the horses that were all towards the, the front of the pace um, didn't exactly hold up with him, but he, he's finished the best of them. This is certainly an uphill task. Weak turnaround and most of his his flat forms on flatter tracks, so uh, he's, he's a major question mark at this. I, I don't see him running, but I think he's a nice horse. Yeah, I don't really have too much more to add on Gold Maze. If, if, if there's anything else, either of you two want to mention, boys? None from me. Pretty much said it all. Uh, it'd be a 2 out of 10 for me, mate. Same here. I'd give him a 2. A hat-trick of 2 out of 10s for Gold Maze. None of us particularly keen. It'll be a first ride in the race, so for David Egan. Uh, so nice of him to have a mount in the big one. Uh, number six is really interesting. Highland Chief for Paul and Oliver Cole. Ben Curtis jocked up 
going to go for a shorter price here than he did to win at Royal Ascot when he was tipped up on the podcast. Uh, James, could he do another job for us? Um, I think he's got a chance. He's another one that's price is absolutely shattered after Hugh Taylor's tipped him up, and and now I don't really like his chances at short sixteen to one. Paul Cole won this in nineteen ninety one with Emrys. Can he, can him and his son win the race in in twenty twenty? Is is a big question mark for me now. He was the first son of Glen Eagles to win in England, and then he was third to Pinatubo in the Chesham. Um, he was disappointing in the Royal Lodge. I, I was expecting a bit more from him. He was slowing to stride and pushed along, and he, he he picked up slightly, but he just tired late on. And then we didn't see him until the other week at Royal Ascot in the Golden Gates handicap. He was he wasn't quick away again, um, but he wasn't knocked about. He he was left alone to find his stride, uh, stepping up two furlongs, sort of let him stretch his legs a bit more, and he slingshotted round the outside with Ross Ryan uh, and. Come to beat Tritonic on the outside. I thought I thought that was a really really good run. I think the step up in trip will certainly suit. Um, I think a mile and four is probably be the, the perfect trip for him. Um, the question marks on the track. I'm not entirely sure he's the most straightforward. Um, he didn't run well on on Newmarket's undulating track that much. I know you can't really compare Newmarket to Epsom. But that's the only performance, and maybe that was just an off day. You can put a line against it. Um, the pedigree suggests that the trip will suit, but I'm not entirely sold on him, and I think the price is purely the only thing putting me off him at the minute. Oh, mate, I'm not sure how much I agree with you there. Do you seem confident he'll stay then? Yeah, I think he will. He hit I'm the line not... really well. I, I didn't think Tritonic was going to get stopped at Ascot. And um, he got past him. And I think he's still had a little bit left. Oh, I'm, I'm not so sure about that, mate. Charlie, what side of the fence would you be on? I'm going to take what's inside on that one. I think in terms of pedigree, his damn Pink Symphony stayed 12 furlongs well enough. She never really won, but she was always up there and staying on quite well towards the end. Uh, especially at Ascot, you know, one mile two on soft, going up that hill towards the post. It's it's quite hard to do, especially carrying nine stone seven. And though he did idle a bit at the start, he got going quite well. And brilliant ride from Ross Ryan, taking him around the outside. And in the end, he sort of, I think he didn't exactly bolt up, but you could tell he had quite a bit left in the tank when he was hitting the line and galloped right the way through it. Um, with his form in... Uh, as a two-year-old, uh, obviously he was third in the Chesham behind Pinatubo and Lope Fernandez. They've sort of confirmed that as he was only beaten by some proper good horses. Um, and then in the Royal Lodge, I was, again, disappointed with him. I thought it would probably be Kamiko winning, but I thought Highland Chief was probably the next best. Obviously, in the end, Royal Dornock ended up uh, winning that one, which no one was expecting. But... Um, just off his Ascot run, I think he does merit his price, but as Watson said, I wouldn't be looking to back him at that price. The thing with Highland Chief staying for me is is there is there a two two points that just kind of make me make me wary. Number one is how many mile and a half horses win over five furlongs. Mm-hmm. You know, especially again and whilst he hit the line well 
at Royal Ascot. It was a clearly inferior field, and whilst I, I wouldn't be surprised if if he could get if he could get twelve furlongs in a similar sort of race to what he won at Royal Ascot or an, or enlisted company against properly, you know, the proper Coolmore horses who are bred to win derbies, properly bred to win derbies, whose families are littered with, you know, group class twelve furlong horses going that sort of pace against that sort of horse. It's just a little bit of a question mark for me. He's, he's, he's on an upward curve and he was clearly the best horse in the race by some distance, to be fair, at Royal Ascot, even though it was only a handicap. I'm, I'm just not sure. Look, it, it's a derby, so you might as well have a tilt at it, but I just kind of get the feeling that he's running here because this is the derby rather than it's because it's a race that suits the horse. Am I being a bit harsh there, Jim? No, I think so. Everyone has that idea, though. They always want to run the derby no matter what. Um, a shame they didn't have that opinion with highest ground. <laughs> <laughs> not not salty oh. at all. No, he'd have won it as well. He'd have clearly won it. That's all we do on this podcast. We tip horses we know aren't going to run, so then we can just after time and say we'd have been right. Uh Anything else you'd like to mention about Halsey? I don't really know what I make of him. I really like him as a horse in general, but he just doesn't doesn't look like a derby horse to me. And I, I I won't I won't be complaining if I'm wrong because I'm I am a big fan of the animal. But he wouldn't be coming here. If, well, he probably would because I I, I would I would throw a throw a dart at a derby if I had the chance to have one. Jesus Christ, even if it were hundred to one, but. So I can't I can't pretend I won't do it myself, but from a from a betting and analysis perspective, I just think he's a little bit too short at sixteens and he he probably needs to show a little bit more improvement. He gets a five out of ten from me. James Yeah, I'd be exactly the same. If you sat with fifties on anti post, I think that's a cracking bet. I, I, he was only that a couple of days ago. Well, a couple of weeks ago. Um but a, a solid five from me. Charlie, how would you round off Highland Chiefs' chances? I'm going to go out on a limb and give him a six, because I think he stays no problem. Uh, but I think he might be out of his depth just with just with the lads and, you know, higher class horses like English King and Kamako. So give him, give him a six. Yeah, it is something worth worth always remembering that I think we see fairly often in these in these big group ones, especially more, more so novice races like at the Cheltenham Festival and races like the Derby and the Guineas, the Classics, where there's not so much an established order like there is with the older open group ones and grade ones. Is that some of the some of the horses in here who are going off sixteen to one for this? might only end up being listed class and we'll know that by the end of the season and they might only be going off 16 to 1 for listed races. You know what I mean? It, there's a lot less of an established order. So whilst it's it's fair enough to have a punt at a big price here, the disparity in quality of horses turning up is probably, well, is always larger for, you know, your classics and your, and your novice group ones than it is for the open races. Uh, Kamiko. Number seven, fascinating. Already a classic winner, took the 2,000 guineas. Uh, Charlie, I'll let you start. Uh, 
with Qatar Racing Superstar. I mean, the question mark is, does he stay? <sighs> the horse that broke my heart. Um, obviously, Guinea's winner uh, beat Pinatubo, who I was massively keen on. Absolutely gutted. Um, he should stay. I think there's no reason why he shouldn't. Kitten's Joy, obviously, is his sire. That makes him a half-brother to Roaring Lion. Uh, his dam, Sweeter Still, never actually stayed beyond one mile and one furlong. Uh, so I think there are some question marks, but you look at the way he ran at two, I think everyone always goes on about the Futurity being a really good derby trial for two-year-olds, because um, obviously it is a mile at two, which is, is, is no easy task for a two-year-old horse, but I think... If he stays, he'll be right up there, but I'm personally not convinced he's going to stay. Uh, I think the ground is good to firm. Last time I checked, that's what we're uh, looking at. I think over the next couple of days, there's going to be a bit of rain, but I wouldn't imagine it would make all that much difference. So if it's if it's quite fast, I think he'll be up there if he stays, but I'm not 100% convinced he stays. But having said that, I know we mentioned that Highland Chief, you can't really compare Newmarket to Epsom, but it does undulate quite a bit, and he's travelled like a dip, so nice, stiff climb at the start, if he handles that and manage to get around without any problems, he should should be alright. Jim, what do you make of Kamiko's chances? He's, a, he's an absolutely fascinating horse to run in this. Strap yourself in, because you're in for a slagging session. Oh, um, pedigree won't stay. Still got question marks on his temperament. He, when he was going to hit the front, he was hanging to his right, and O'Shea Murphy said he always hangs to his right. Um, however, it's, it's something I've never really noticed before. The 2000 Guineas form, looking going on from the 2000 Guineas to Royal Ascot, that form wasn't as impressive as one. We, we didn't see any winners come out of that. Um, we had a form. The third ran well. Around well, they didn't win. That means nothing to me. Four, fifth, no, six. Jimmy, no, nowhere, I'm, not, I'm not having that. I'm not having that. I, I'm, I'm not. going to interrupt your session to slag you. You can't, you can't say that. You know, Pinatubo and Wichita have, if not confirmed the form. You know, the, the, the fact that they didn't didn't win it and another horse has finished ahead doesn't make their runs any any worse. You know, they they still run to similar levels to what they did at Newmarket. You know, Palace Pier wasn't in the field at Newmarket. It doesn't it doesn't nullify the fact that they've run to a similar level, the fact that he's finished ahead of him at Ascot. Well, and I don't I don't think that two thousand guineas was as good as we first thought. Um rating the races, Liam on the preview podcast was talking about his legs going into the dip. Now I'm still not for for sure that he'll enjoy Epsom. It's a completely different challenge. The only the only positive for that is that there'll be no crowd and no no nothing to get him buzzed up and get him revved up to go. He did hit the line well in the guineas, but the, the fact that he's out of kittens joy really makes me think he doesn't want further than a mile and two or, or even a mile. Um, and watching it back, Wichita was coming back back at him at the line. Um, I'm I'm not exactly fully blown on him. Um, I think I think he should be running this. But I don't think he's got as good a chance as what the market is possibly giving him. I mean, on on basic form though, pal, he's clearly the best horse in the race by at least ten pounds. He's the best horse in the race 
over a different set of circumstances. That that that's very fair. I I'm a little bit. I'm not quite as concrete on the fact that he won't stay than 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 you are, mate. I'm not quite as as sure. Obviously, his pedigree is mile, mile, mile. Like we mentioned, kittens joy uh, out of a rock of Gibraltar mare. He's also got Kings Barnes in the family on his damn side. All of kittens joy's best uh, European progeny of have tended to peak at 10 furlongs, to be fair. So it wouldn't take loads more for Kamiko to be staying. And I don't think this is the deepest of derbies on paper. So it could be a situation where, I, you know, he might be able to get away with not quite being the best stayer at the trip uh, in a race like this to hit the frame. Do you think memories of Roaring Lion are a cloud in people's judgment regarding stamina a little bit, Jim. They could quite easily, yeah. Um, he just didn't stay mile and foot. I'm, I'm 100% sure he won't stay. Uh, he'll travel like the best horse, arguably, and just empty. Oh, mate, you are setting yourself up for a big fall there, saying you're 100% sure about I, that. I'm, I'm willing to go out on the line. You know me, I don't hold back. I'm, <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm pretty sure he won't be in the first three. Place lay. Yeah. I, I, I'm probably still going to give him a fairly high rating because he is probably the best horse in this race. However, at these circumstances, I don't think he is. Charlie, he's, he's generally 7-2. to two. Do you think that's a price? Not at all. I, I agree. I think it's unlikely he'll stay. But I don't want to come back and get bitten in the arse by it just because I reckon that Guinea's form has worked out. You can't say that Pinatubo and Wichita aren't top-class horses after what they did at Ascot. But um, I'm, I'm in I'm in the doesn't-stay camp, but I'm not in the doesn't-win camp. So I think 72 isn't really a price to take, like, to take him on at. But um, I also wouldn't be rushing to back him. Is, should he be favourite over English King Charlie? Uh, I'm going to say no, because just because of what English King did at Lingfield, I know we talked about Lingfield not being the best derby trial, but um, the way he ran at Lingfield, the way he travelled over the trip, and also the way he handles uh, Lingfield's uh, corner and camber as well, I think English King, I'd want him in my stable over Kamako any day, so I'm... I'm not going to say he should be favourite. That's interesting. That, cause it, it, it sounds a bit. I guess it's a little bit mad to uh, to the bear ears, just not just not looking any further into it. Over the winner of the Lingfield Derby trial is fab for the Derby over the Guineas winner. You know what I mean? But I think this year it makes sense. I think the Lingfield Derby trial actually was a better than average renewal this year, especially because we didn't have a Chester Vars, we didn't have a Derby. That horses who were wanting to run in Derby trials. And uh, you know, and get an acceptable break before Epsom. We kind of had the hand forced, and it probably ended up being a better than average renewal of the Lingfield Derby trial. What price would you have him, Jim, if you were to price Camaco up then? Four to one. So, so you're hundred percent convinced he won't stay, but you're only going to have him half a point bigger than the bookies do. I'm having that because I, I know that people will take it, and I'll just laugh at them when they do. <laughs> I'm I, I'm I'm in the camp of if he stays he if he stays he wins, uh, 
but it's it's just going to be a watch and see for me, mate. I, d- I don't have any particularly solid thoughts on whether he will or he won't. I think it's possible. I do. I, I think out of the three of us, I think I can see it more than more than the other two. Uh, going back to going back to the verse in futurity as well, though. I, I know a lot of people have it in their head that it's that the Dewhurst is for the for the Guineas and the Vertim's for the Derby, even though the Vertim has now produced three Guineas winners in a row. You look at you, you do look at that race and you think he has beaten a load of horses who will definitely be better over over a twelve furlongs than he will be over a mile. And I get so I'm not particularly sure how, you know, whether he was just the only Group One horse in that race who was quick enough to win, to win over a mile that day. I wouldn't I wouldn't have had any three or mogul as proper milers. And the way he, he did hit the line in the in the guineas. Oh, you see, I'm I'm tossing it up. I'm still tossing it up as to whether I what side of the fence I'd come down on if I had to say would or wouldn't stay and at the minute it would probably just be wouldn't but you're like talking Charlie yourself said, into him aren't you I'm not talking myself into him it's it's how much better than the rest of these are does he have you know how much of a flaw is him being going backwards at the finish compared to how much actually better than most of these is here you know what I mean Could, can he be emptying from inside a furlong and still finishing the first three? I can see that completely. Like Charlie says, he might not stay, but he still can't rule him out of winning. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go seven out of ten for Kamiko. If I've given English King an eight, I've got to go seven for Kamiko because I do think English King is a is a likely winner. But I think it's a fascinating market. I think he is the most interesting horse in the race is the one I'll be watching more than anything anyway. Jim, what about you, mate? Six for me. Six for the Guineas winner in the derby. Charlie? I'm going to split the difference. Six and a half, just because I don't reckon he stays. Don't want to rule him out. One of those ones. Six and a half for the derby. Uh, for Charlie, oh Camico, he, he absolutely fascinates me in this boys, he really does. Moving on to a horse we've already mentioned, uh, the cockied hat winner is number eight, Khalifa Sat Andrew Balding and Tom Marquand. Uh, can he take revenge on the villainous Bjorn Nielsen and ruin everyone's day uh, on the winner of the cockied hat stakes? I quite like this horse, uh, Charlie. What do you make of him? I love this performance at Goodwood. Um, I reckon. He's definitely got the pedigree. Uh, his sire, obviously, Free Eagle. He won the Prince of Wales as a four-year-old, and he placed in two more group ones over ten furlongs um, behind Golden Horn. But I reckon um, he should have no problem staying one mile through over Goodwood. He was always just doing enough in that race, obviously beating Emissary. Um, but I'm not too sure whether I would want to back him uh, I'm just having a look on odds checker and um, I'm not sure what he's going to go off at but currently he is 33's best priced um, interestingly he is from that Ken's Eye Warrior Maiden at Salisbury 
Um, so the form, his form is fantastic, really. Um, and obviously he went over 10 furlongs as a two-year-old. Um, so he beat Bondi Sands that day and also Staghorn, who've both been quite impressive in and won over 12 and 14 furlongs so far. So I wouldn't rush to back him, but I wouldn't put anyone off as well. Yeah, I... I... I completely see where you're coming from, Charlie. If I'm if I'm honest, mate, I think he's the most overpriced horse in the race at thirty three to one. I know he kinda got the run of things at Goodwood, but I thought it was a decent little race, you know. Uh a mystery obviously won on debut. Selliston was a winner of a decent race at Yarmouth the time before. Uh beat Bodyline that day who came out and was arguably unlucky at Royal Ascot. I know he's been beaten again since, but you know, it was an alright run into the cocky hat. Form as a two year old is decent. It'd just be whether is quite quick enough. But if he goes from the front end, which is where Jim has him on his pace map, I can see him going all right. That would be the other problem for me, though, pal, with the Aidan O'Brien lot, obviously going to look to force it. Whether a horse like um, uh, Khalifa Sat, who, in my opinion, looks like he'd probably get the St. Ledger trip, whether they'd want to change tack with him and have him a little bit further behind and look to ride him from rear to pick pieces up rather than rather than be going forward with the O'Brien brigade or whether he actually had the pace to lay up with O'Brien's pacemakers or just behind them. Uh, what do you make of Khalifa Sat James? I think he's got a really, really good chance. Um, I, I do think 33 to 1 is really a generous price at this moment in time. Charlie's talked about his form, uh, his, his good wood. Uh, made in the future stayers race. He's mentioned the third, the fourth, the fifth have all come out winning. Stag owns a horse I like a lot in that. Uh, he's going to progress with the more step up in trip he goes. Um, I, I think Goodwood is a decent enough indicator that he, he's it's not the most straightforward of tracks. So I think it'll, it'll be all right at Epsom if he's, he's run twice and won at Goodwood. Um, I think the trip will certainly be good enough. I, I think he's could even go on to the St. Ledger and probably um, have, have a good chance in that as well. I think he's a, a solid each-way value bet. His family's uh, produced Marlin Six horses in unsung heroin. Um, I, I think the stamina's key. I'd quite like to sit him and ride him just behind the pacemakers so then when they do begin to tire, he can carry on and kick on. Um, and I, I think 33 to one's a, a very good price. Is he quick enough, though, to do that? You know, he, he was kind of allowed to set his own tempo and kick when he wanted to at Goodwood. Yeah, you could say he was fairly prominent on his second start, uh, and he he sort of he did that what I want him to do in the Derby. He sort of did that uh, under Jamie Spencer at Goodwood in his maiden. He sort of he he was fairly prominent and he went he went wide, but then he sort of. Once the leader's tired, he sort of kicked on again. Um, and, and that's sort of what I want him to do here, uh, Mark. He's rode him before uh, in the cocked hat. That's my other point. I used to call it the cockied hat. It's the cocked hat. The cocky? No, that, that, that's how it's always been said. Charlie, what's your point on this? It's cocked hat. The first time you mentioned that when we were on emissary, I thought, did you just say cocked? <laughs> but, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go with cocked hat. It's the cocked hat. I'm not having that. Um, I've, 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 I've not invented that myself. I'm copying that off someone off, te- off telly, right? Who definitely yeah. says it cocky. Because I, I'd, if someone showed me that word, I'd read it cocked, yeah? 
but I'm sure it gets pronounced cocked hat. <laughs> or some people on racing TV do. We need we need to find this. We need to find this out. Um, but yeah, I think he's got a really really good chat. I think he's solid each way value. Um, I I can see him being there or thereabouts. Would you rather back him at thirty threes than Kamiko at seven to two, Jim? Definitely. I would as well, Charlie. Is that another one for you? Um, I'd probably back Khalifa Sa each way before I backed Kamiko at seven to two. I don't, I don't believe seven to two is good value, but I think thirty threes for a horse that could just could just nick a place, or could even if he catches them out from the front or goes past the pacemakers and even even win it. I think. The value is there, so it's just a bit too tempting to not. Yeah, I I completely see it, and I like that we're all in agreement with with Khalifa. That we all feel he's he's overpriced, and if I was to have a bit of a swing, it would be with this one. I, I feel like the market's slightly underrating him because he was because of how well things panned out for him at Goodwood last time out, and people he was the outsider of the four. And people were kind of thinking, not maybe not quite he fluked his way to victory, but the way the race panned out was so advantageous to him that he may not be able to replicate it at Epsom. But the thing I took from it that even was even though the race did pan out in a way that Khalifa Sat would have would have liked, he actually showed quite a lot of qualities. He quickened up quite well, showed a really good attitude to hold off a misery and and look like he will clearly get further. His pedigree suggests he does, so he'll be running to the line at Epsom. Uh, he's a good bet at 33 to 1s, mate. I'd give him a 6 out of 10. Yeah, I'd give him a 7. A 7? I'd give him higher than Kamiko. Really? Yeah. I think 33s is a cracking price. I think I'd rather back him at 33s, but I think Kamiko's a likely winner. And I, I, I like his chances more, and I also think looking up forward to this the St Ledger will also be something that's up his street and will certainly be on his agenda he won't beat Convict there will he? well that's if Convict's finished running for Royal Oscar <laughs> <laughs> Charlie your, your score out of 10 for Khalifa Sat um, I think in terms of value I'd give him a higher score than Kamiko as well but in terms of likelihood of winning I'm going to have to give him a 6 we all we all think he's got an, a, a better than average chance of winning the derby though, and we all think he's overpriced. So if there's a team bet, it would probably be Khalifa Satellite. That we're all in agreement on a 33 to one shot. Uh, number nine is Mats Vega for Rafe Beckett. Harry Bentley dropped up on the Zetland Stakes back end of last season. Uh, slightly disappointing on his first start this year though, Charlie. Um, yeah, I think I'm always a bit hesitant to rate all weather form the same as you would looking for a derby or looking for a guineas or whatever. But I think in the classic trial stakes at San, uh, uh, Kenton, sorry, um, it did seem a bit like he just never really got going. Whether or not he needed the run, that remains to be seen. But as a two-year-old, I think in, in the Zetland stakes, I was really impressed by him. He hacked up by, I think it was three lengths, on soft ground over a mile and two as a two-year-old. Um, so he's clearly going to stay the trip. Um, just, I'm not sure how I'd rate that classic trial form. Um, pedigree, he should get it done. You know, Luke de Vega, uh, won the French Derby, won the French 2000 Guineas, but his dam wasn't a stayer, although she was out with Dalakani, who won an arc. So 
I think he's got a better than average chance. It's just whether or not he can get back on track after that pretty disappointing run at Kempton. Yeah, that's 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 a very very fair point. Because on, on two year old form, Jim, he'd be of so much interest. The Zetland Stakes has worked out really well. Yeah, um, I, I mean, I I compare. I know this Ponzi Fracti is the Epsom of the North. I think, and his his performance there, I, I was probably. I know it was in lower grade and probably against lower grade horses, but I was most impressed with the way he won that. Um, I think he's a very, very nice horse. I just don't think he's up to top class grade one level, probably. I can see him picking up group group threes. Uh, however, this year, he might only need a group three horse to win the derby. Um, Ooh, that's a big call. Um, um, that's even worse than Dave, what David Redford said. What did he say? You know, not, it's not appealing for not appealing to breeders to win a derby oh. anymore. Epsom's that was a bad thing. They're just going to cry and cry and cry. The batter in this race is being taken. The only, well, to be fair, last week I called the Irish Derby a glorified listed race. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, run behind Berlin Tango, it, it showed some promise, but it just looked just looked like he needed the run. Interesting fact, Berlin Tango has been sold to Hong Kong. Um, which I think is fascinating. Um, however, I mean, he's not really good enough to win this. Uh, I don't really rate his chances that much. Uh, for me, it's a four. Oh, I think you're being a bit harsh there, mate. I think there's one run you, uh, to forgive Max Vega for, and that that's why he's 50s. And I think you can you can make excuses for that run, given that. He looked quite lethargic on it, and it was on all weather. So I, I think there are worse fifty to one shots. I, I agree with you that I don't think he'll be good enough to win a derby. You know, and and this is almost where it's coming to. When I was talking about the disparity in quality of horses in this race, in that whilst I think there are worse fifty to one shots, and I wouldn't put anyone off backing Max Vega each way, he surely isn't going to be good enough to beat. You know, the likes of English King or the big, cool, more horses. I'd give him a 5 out of 10, though, mate. I think I think he's overpriced at 50s. If, if you want to put a line through through that Kempton run, and I think you can make a case as to why you could do that, he's winning the Zetland is worth, he's worth a hell of a lot more than some of these have achieved at shorter prices. Uh, your score, Charlie? Um, at 50s, I'd probably give him about a five or a six, maybe five and a half, just because on bare two-year-old form, you can't really ignore that. He won by three lengths. He's going to stay. He beat Miss Yoda and I think, uh, was it Golden Lips Girl in the Zetland as well? Um, yeah, I think about Chirocco was involved as well. He was. He finished, I think, it was fifth that day. But um, yeah, like on bare two-year-old form, I think he's got the class to do it. He, he stays the trip. Whether or not he can get up there amongst the big lads like English King, Kamako, Coolmore Boys remains to be seen so give them about a five at 50s. Yeah, in fact, I have just I have just had a look at the Zetlander, Bart Scirocco third, Mythical fourth, Tritonic fifth, Vulcan Star sixth. I mean, if that was a three-year-old derby trial, it'd be fab. But it is. <laughs> I know, I know, I know, but you know what I mean? It, it, is, worth, it is worth noting that it was a good renewal of the Zetland that he did win. 
uh, look, there are things for him to prove. That's why he's 50-1. to one. But I wouldn't think he was completely out of a, a chance of running into the frame or outrunning his odds. Number 10 is a horse who was my idea of the Derby winner at the start of the season. It's Mogul for Aidan O'Brien. Uh, obviously really disappointed in the King Edward on his reappearance. How much do we have to forgive him for that, James? Uh, you have to forgive him because he looked like a three-seater sofa. He was absolutely <laughs> massive. Um, he, he just looked sluggish. He looked like he didn't want to be there. And he looked like Japan running in the dances, just like his brother last year. Um, related to Japan's secret gesture and Sir Isaac Newton. He was group two winner at two. Fourth in the Virgin Futurity, where he just didn't look quick enough. Um, and But he was disappointing last time out. I'm willing to look past that. Um, it's also, can we add Mogul to a list of takeaways near me? There is a, <laughs> there, there is a takeaway called Mogul in Whitefield, which is not far away from me. Um, so him and Goshen can go onto that list. And I, 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 my main words to sum him up at the bottom of my page is disregard at your peril. <laughs> the bookies, the bookies are doing that a lot, aren't they, Jim? Seven yeah. to one is surely a bit short for him on what he did last time out. He was shy. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a nice way of putting. Three seater sofa, I thought was quite polite. I don't know what I make of Mogul at these prices, Charlie. Uh, what are your thoughts on the younger brother of Japan? I'm going to come up with a bit of a shocker and say I think he's massively overpriced because before the season started, uh, I wouldn't have imagined him going off any higher than about threes. Um, I think in his comeback run at Ascot, I'm willing to forgive that massively because he really, really wasn't race fit. He didn't quite look like he wanted to be there. He needed the run and he was just a bit slow to get going. I think I put up a tweet just afterwards saying very Japan-esque, uh, just like his run in the Dante last year when I was expecting big things but just didn't materialise. But um, I am kind of biased because I backed him at 50s before his debut, but I think he's definitely one that you can't ignore, really. I think he is Coolmore's best shot. I'm not I'm not on board with Russian Emperor, but Mogul, I think, he's got, the pe- he's got a dream pedigree. He cost 3.6 million guineas, but he's worth it. I think he fits into that bill of the sort of forgotten horse of that we can often see just bar up in a derby. And um, I think I really, really do agree with Watson on disregard at your peril because it is quite a bit of value, even if it is just a scumbag each way there at sevens. But I think he's he's my most likely winner just on pedigree and what he did it to when he, he won the uh, Champion Juvenile Stakes on Irish Champions Weekend. Coming around the bend, I think it was about four wide, and uh, ended up bolting up in that. Playing devil's advocate then, boys, is it possible that with how he ran in the Vertum and then how he ran in the uh, in the King Edward was that we all were expecting him to be a much better horse at three and we were all expecting him to be a much better horse uh over this trip. But is it possible that he's just a bit slow? Yeah, it could be. Um, it could absolutely look like um, a P&O ferry, but um, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to think that he must have a bit of speed. 
Um, his family, well, Japan, we saw Japan, we all doubted Japan last season over a mile and two in the Judmont and look what happened. Um, and I think, I think maybe, maybe his run at Newcastle, probably I would have liked it to be a slight bit better. I would have liked him to finish a bit closer. However, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to disagree, probably because it's O'Brien and you never underestimate what he does. He turns horses into machines that you think are, are, should be running at different levels. We've, we've seen Circus Maximus uh, in the past year, his development over a mile. I, I think everyone has this perception of Mogul being really slow. However, I, he probably does have a bit of speed about him. Oh, mate, I, I think the market has, the market's clocked him, haven't, haven't they? You know, oh, yeah. The... I'll put it to you, Charlie, because you, you said you think he's you said you think he's overpriced to that seven to one. I can see why you'd say that if he was if he was double that, but he's, he's shortened since he was at the start of the season after a really really poor reappearance. You know the fact that his brother did the same, I think, is is in everyone's mind. But the difference is Japan went off twenties, Mogul's going to go off sevens or shorter. Um. I would say he was fairly priced, but I think because I think he was about eight uh, or maybe six is the last time I checked, not long after the Guineas. And then on his comeback run, uh, I think it's a bit of an overreaction to, to push him out um, again because he's still got the class, he's got the pedigree. We did all doubt Japan uh, last year and arguably if it, if it went for Wayne Lorden dropping his whip. He'd have won that derby, but um, no, I just, I just, I've got a feeling, and it's not just because I backed him. It's just because he seems like that forgotten horse everyone's really excited about, and then on a comeback run, they're like, oh, that, that, that he's shite, never mind. And then he's the one that could be like, yeah, I just needed to run, absolutely hacks up, and then goes on to to stay quite well in. In other races, so I think he's definitely going to stay. He's he's got the pedigree to do it. His action suggests that he's he's going to stay one mile four all day, and um, he is a little bit slow, but he can he can stay, and he's got that little turn of foot that he showed as a two year old that that can get him to the front in the closing stages. I'm going to be proper cheering him on as well. If you are on at fifties, that's a super. That's that's better than all my anti-post bets ever. Yeah, it was um, it was before his debut actually. Um, just it was right after Japan had won the international. Um, and uh, that's a super put, effort. Uh, I put a two pound each way double on Pinatubo at twelves, Mogul at fifties, and my returns went from fourteen hundred quid to seventy six. <laughs> that, that's yeah. sad, isn't it? <laughs> oh, that's that's a superb piece of anti-post. I'm 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 just not having that. He's a forgotten horse. I'm just not having. He's a forgotten horse. I have never seen another example. I can't think of another one with a horse. An odds-on favourite runs as badly as he does, and then shortens for the next time out. And obviously, everyone's going to be wise to it. You know, the the, the bookies are. He's Aidan O'Brien, he's Japan's brother. Physically, he's a sort of horse who looks like he'd come on for a run. And I can see I, I can see him running well. I can see him running well, but I I don't want to back a horse at seven to one. 
whose only run this season was categorically bad. They, if, if if you were taking the bare form of that, and I know it's it's foolish to do so to only analyse one race in a race where the horse clearly wasn't fit. But it's a for me it's a bit of a reach to be to be confident about a horse after that. You know, sevens sevens is a fair price. You know, to back him to win, it's it's not like he is fav. But look, I, I, I'd, I'd be a little bit less confident now than I was at the start of the season, if I'm honest. He'd be fab for this if he won the King Edward, I reckon. Oh, for sure. I'm gonna give him. I'm gonna give him a six, mate. Oh, Christ, six. Oh, he's a he's an eight for me. I, 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 I just think he's I think he's underpriced I think he's underpriced I don't like that he's been clipped after a really bad run last time out it makes no appeal to me uh, Charlie's going to slate me if he wins uh, what are you <laughs> rating that at 10 pass? Uh, I'm not going to be too bullish although being bullish did work with Golden Odds so I might just see 10 wins all day but um, let's give him a 9 because I'm, I'm confident he's my most likely winner. I'm never going to give anyone a 10, so let's give him a 9. Not even the best Darbios in his yard this year. We'll talk about him later. Oh, uh, oh, now we're talking. As we move on to number 11, uh, Mohican Heights uh, for David Simcock, Andrea Zini, jocked up third in the King Edward Stakes. Uh, arguably, shaped better than Mogul that day, James. Yeah, for sure. Um... I think he's interested in this. Um, I wasn't exactly hot on him going into that King Edward, but he ran better than I was expecting. Um, he took a bit of time to get going. He, he sat towards the back of the field, um, as, as which he, you saw in his Salisbury listed race, he sort of did the same and then come wide. He tried to do the same here, but he just seemed to take longer to get going than I expected. I'm sure he'll improve for that run. Um, and... If he's tightened up a bit, I, I think he's he's got a chance here. I, I've not exactly been full going on David Sincock's form of recently. He's beginning to his horses are beginning to run better, um, and it, I think they've just needed the run. That's the only problem. Um, his family, um, there's a lot of stamina on that side. Kirby enthusiasm. Uh, David Sincock trained. He stayed a mile and six. And either Storm for O'Brien is related to. He stayed. He stayed uh, cup distances as well. So I, I think the quicker they go, the better it'll be for him. Um, and, and I can sort of see him picking up the pieces later on. He, he could be finishing a staying on four for fifth. Yeah, obviously Mohican Heights' form line ties in pretty closely with your pick, Charlie. Uh, so would you give him a bit of an each-way chance at 20s? I would give him a bit of an each-way chance if he can get fours. Uh, just going back to the King Edward the Seventh, he finished like he was shot out of a gun that day. Uh, absolutely hacked up past Mogul in the closing strides. Um, but I think he will be the one that's that's picking off horses towards the closing stages, just like Watson said. Um, he'll come from the back and, and hang up, really. He does actually have a bit of an interesting form line with Subjectivist over a mile last year. Uh, obviously, Subjectivist come out and placed third at Ascot over a mile and four. So I think he is one to watch if he's making a charge late on. But um, 
I don't see him winning at the prices which I'm currently seeing at twenties. Uh, I wouldn't be put off, um, but I don't think he wins. Yeah, you've summed that up quite well for for my thoughts as well, Charlie. To be fair, if someone told me they fancied Baki Mohican Heights each way at twenties, I wouldn't tell them they were insane. But I wouldn't be following them in either. Like you say, I think he actually shaped better than Mogul did at Ascot. And I know, you you know, the paper uh, surrounding Mogul suggests he's likely to improve past Mohican Heights. He was bought for over half a million quid after he won his maiden in Ireland last season. You know, another really expensive purchase. It's, it, again, it, it's improvement. It, he needs to improve. Uh and he's a sort of also I can see going all right and finishing. He might end up being 10th in the market and able to come home 6th. But it still means you're not getting any money back. Uh, and that's kind of the way I view Mohican Heights in this. I'd give him a 5 out of 10 chance. Like the horse. Don't get me wrong, like the horse. And again, he's another I can see winning races like the Gordon Stakes later on in the season. Bit of a job on to win a derby in my opinion though. Uh, five for me. What's someone like you? Well, he's a he's a five for me as well. Hat trick of fives, Charlie. Uh, I give him a four, just just to uh, kind of screw that up. But um, you can't really ignore that third at Ascot because he absolutely flew home. But on bare ability, I don't really know if he's if he's got it in him. He'll pick some off late home, but I reckon. He probably will end up finishing about sixth or seventh, coming from the back. Before we move on, is 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 the yard form an issue for you with you with David Simcock not having had the best start? I know he had the listed winner at Newmarket the other day, but will that will that be a worry for you uh, coming into this as well? Well, yeah, I've said it pretty Ascot because that that was the only reason why I didn't like his chances there. Um, he had a horse called Fork Dance who was in that four that four way photo. Today and he just didn't get didn't get the look, but he ran better. Um, I, I think they're coming to the boil, but it is a question mark. Yeah, it's it's like I say, I, I, I'd be less worried about it now than I would have been a couple of weeks ago. But you'd have it, it, it is still something that you look you, you can't deny. It's not been the best start for David Simcock so far this season, so that's not really a tick in the box of Mohican Heights. Uh, moving on. To number 12, Mythical, uh, another one of the Coolmore team, Aidan O'Brien, general 40-1. Went off odds on Fav to win the Gallinue last time out. Came home 5th of 6th, though, was lame. Uh, to me, lads, again, this is full-on sort of Port Douglas-type animal. <laughs> what, what will not be racing in Coolmore silks by the end of the se- well, at the end of the season? Yeah, I, I completely agree. Um, he's third in the Grand Criterion de Saint Cloud was probably his best run. Um, he, was, I mean, he was disappointed, but you've said he was lame um, in the Galignor. He was never really in the race, well beaten, and, and was looked after when he was beaten. Um, I wasn't exactly sure about his head carriage either. I, I thought his head was quite up in the air when he was asked to to do his job. Whether that was because he was lame and uh, had an injury, that that could have been the case. Um, I, I see him more as a pacemaker in this, and I don't really think he's not much of a chance. 
Yeah, fully agree, mate. He's he, even if you got to take a uh, put a line through his running the Gallinule, uh, which I think is the only thing to do with it, given that he came home with an injury. But his form as a as a two year old is just very meh, mid one hundred. Uh, didn't seem to be making much progress towards the end of last season. Seemed to hit his level fairly early, and he he looks to have a huge job on. Has to show a lot of improvement to play a part in this, Charlie. Yeah, I think um, his running the Criterion Song crew wasn't actually bad, but um, he just never really looked like he would set the world alight as a two-year-old. And, and in the Gallinule, I think you can put a line into that because he, he did come home lame, but um, he never really looked comfortable throughout the entire race. I think I agree with Jim on uh, his air carriage was a bit... He was a bit high when, when uh, he was asked the question, but, um, you know, I think... You can't really rule out any of the Coolmore boys springing one, but I think I personally wouldn't really expect fireworks from Mythical. You know, he's, he's by Camelot. Uh, we know it's probably going to be good to firm. They like a bit more cut in the ground, but, you know, he could, he could spring one, but I don't see him really being up there. I think he'll backpedal and finish quite quite way down the field. He's got to be one of the ones in my head that, you know, when if if I were to ask people, name, name the most obscure Aiden O'Brien Derby runner. In in five years' time, Mythical will be bang up there with the likes of the Anvil and Delano Roosevelt. You know what I mean? Just just tosses up. Like think, oh yeah, shit, he ran in a derby once. Uh, yeah, Aussie job, Hong Kong job. Uh, by this time next year, I reckon. Gelded uh, job. Yep, very much so. Get him, get him over a hurdle with JP. Sold uh, and snipped. Two out of ten for me. I like Two Orange Fiend more. Two out of ten for me, yeah, same. And that's something I never thought I'd see. A hat trick of twos. No one likes Mythical then, unfortunately. Let's go. I bet Padre Beggy will ride it and he'll win. Uh, <laughs> number 13 is Pile Driver for William Muir. Royal Ascot winner of the Derby Trail there, the King Edward, last time out. Obviously, where he beat Mogul and Mohican Heights. A bit of a middling two-year-old, but he's taken steps forward this season, James. Yeah, clearly the highlight was the King Edward last time out, and he was impressive in winning it. Um, slotted through a lovely gap up the inside, lovely ride by Marty Dwyer, uh, travelling well, fairly straight forward. Um, he also ran in the classic chart first time out and outrun his odds once again. He underestimated in the market again that day. Um, I think he's purely underestimated every time in the market because of William Muir. I think William Muir is a really good trainer. Uh, just finally, he's been got a, a horse of, of some potential. Um, he was well beaten in the Royal Lodge by horses who were running this Camico, um, and I was going to mention Highland Chief, but um, he, he didn't exactly put trees in, in that Royal Lodge. Um, it's a lovely story. That's the only thing I could probably bring to this. I don't really rate his chances very much, even though I fancy the horses that finished in behind him more than him. Um, but nice for a small trainer to have a, a good chance of a runner in this. But for me, I think he'll struggle. It's a nice story. Uh, the Dan was a hurdler with Philip Hobbs, if if I serve correct, um, for your national fans that are still listening. Um, however, I think he'll struggle in this. I think he just won't have the class and the gears to, to be winning the derby. 
Yeah, uh, the, the dam was, like Jim said, uh, trained by Philip Hobbs. The last run was finishing last of four at 20 to 1 in a Fontwell Mare's Novice Hurdle, which was won by the organist. <laughs> uh, JP's good mare. Uh, she, she'd been beaten by Jester Jet previously to that as well. Uh, so obviously we're getting the good jumpers mentioned on a national, uh, on a Derby podcast. Uh, what do you make of him, Charlie, then? Because obviously the, you obviously quite like the form line of the King Edward. Is he overpriced at 16s? At 16s, I don't think he is overpriced. Um, I think that's a little bit on the short side, if you'd ask me. Um, I think, as Jim said, he did outrun his odds in the classic trial at Kempton. I think it was 40 to 1, and he finished absolutely brilliantly second. Um, but I actually really like Pile Driver, um, just not in a derby. I think we've mentioned it about four or five times already, but I think one who can win the Golden Stakes. But, um, you know, he, he handled the ground at Ascot, it was good to soft, and the like that that track going out of Swinley Bottom is quite a stiff climb, so I don't see him having much of a problem with Epsom. It's just the company that I think he could have a bit of a bit of a difficulty with in some of the horses that he's not raced against yet. Obviously, he's beaten Mohican Height, he's beaten Mogul, but you know I think it would be a nice story just for a small yard, small trainer, but probably not one for the Derby later on in the season. He could impress. I think his day in the sun came a couple of weeks ago. Correct. He's a really, really nice horse, and you know I'd, I'd love it for connections if you if you were able to win the Derby. And on bare form, on bare form, he's overpriced, but there are reasons to expect others to progress past him. Mhm. And and he, he wouldn't be for me. Do you know he wasn't a bad two-year-old to be fair. He, he went off eight to one for the Royal Lodge, absolutely bombed out that day, but. His form prior to that was, was at least fairly reasonable. He broke his maiden at 50s uh, and was obviously rank outside of the field both starts this season where he, where he put some decent horses to bed on both both times. So again, maybe it's going to be another another uh, occurrence of, of us underrating pile driver. I'd, I'd be surprised if, if there were a couple who weren't quick enough for him. The way I kind of always assess a derby is I narrow it down initially to which of these horses can I see going well in an arc? Mm-hmm. And then I take it from there. I can't see Pile Driver running in an arc. No, maybe not. A book stakes next year, maybe, but... <laughs> it wouldn't be for me. I, 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 I would give him a six out of ten. Again, if people wanted to, to back him, like Charlie said, four places each way... You've got a horse there who's already won a group two. He's officially rated 110. Wouldn't need much more improvement to, uh, you know, to run to a sort of 113, 114 level, which might be enough to get you in the first four this year. But I think he's an unlikely winner. I'll give him a six out. Uh, well, a five out of ten, I reckon. Jim, about you, mate. Yeah, I, I'm with you. Five out of ten. I, I, I want him to run well, but I don't think he will. Charlie, for you, mate. Um, I'll probably give him a five and a half. I'd like it to happen. I'm just not sure if it will in the derby. No, lo- lovely story for a small yard, though, William Muir. I do hope he goes well uh, and laughs at everyone who's slating him once more. Number 14 is Russian Emperor. 13-2. to two. 
If I was Ryan Moore, this would be who I'd ride, James. For sure. And you are currently talking about the 2020 Epsom Derby winner. Are we on together? Oh, we have not even spoken about this, right? I have, I have never been the biggest fan of Russian Emperor after his Derringstown run. I thought his head carriage was horrendous. However, this is where my pens landed on. Um, I thought he was very ungame uh, in the Derringstown, but maybe he was just green and, and didn't know what he was doing. And he wasn't exactly given the hardest at times, but I was really, really impressed. I've watched that Ascot race back, um, the Hampton Court, a couple of times now. And he, he's took him a bit of time to get going, but when he's got going, he's put his head down and he's knuckled down and he's beat first receiver, who I think would have run a good race in this if, if it had it settled a bit more. Um, it took time to go through the gears, but I, I think he'll have been practising at home. O'Brien, well, I hope he has. O'Brien's made, got his man-made track, hasn't he? I'm sure he'll have been around that. Um, he, he was held up and swung wide on the bend and he... he Proper knuckle down in there. I was really impressed with with his his gameness because I, I I wasn't sure that he wanted it. Uh, however, I think he's got a very very good chance in this. Um, he he just got up on the line if you remember as a uh, at Nace. Um, he, he went off a massive old. He uh, was massive price in running. I thought it was well beaten. Uh, however, he, he comes swooping on the outside and Jamie Avenham just gotten to Bob on the line. I think he's got a really, really good chance in this and he's my likeliest winner of this race. Um, the, the, the last Russian emperor was Nicholas II. So, hopefully, <laughs> uh, so I'm going to be shouting, come on, Nicholas, as he's flying down the outside. Uh, Jim, Jim had told me prior to recording this that he had, that he had uh, got some facts for us. Uh, I thought they wanted me to do with the horses, not uh, just not History Channel Watson. No, they're just pointless stats like moguls a takeaway near me. Uh, <laughs> what else? What else was there? Uh, I, I, I didn't say that Kamiko was baby turtle in Japanese because everyone already knew that. The Beyond Nielsen pointless stats. What an emissary is. Yeah, I, I just thought I'd lighten the mood a bit. <laughs> oh, brilliant, mate. Uh, I love this horse. I think he wins the derby. Uh, he should have won two trials. He was the best horse in the Derringstown. He shaped like the best horse in the Derringstown. Uh, didn't get the clearest of runs. Didn't help himself either. But he was clearly the best horse in the race. I wonder why, Cor- why Cormorant isn't going for anything. I know, I thought that. I Is he alright? Yeah, I was looking to it and thinking, what, what's the plan with him? Is it... Is he entered in the? He's not in, entered in the French, is he? No, he's nowhere. He's nowhere to be seen. Uh, but anyway, if if you were to run that race again, you'd have been confident Russian Emperor would have won it. I think. Mm-hmm. And he came out, and I I think the Hampton Court was the best arbitral this season, in terms sure. of best form. First receiver, a really impressive novice winner, and you know, and and backed that up at Ascot Berlin Tango. Again, he's a very, very useful yardstick and was probably actually slightly underrated going into the classic trial because he'd held his form fairly well up too. Progressed at three. I know he's gone off to Hong Kong now. But he's a solid 112, 113 animal. And the, and the pair of them uh, have come clear f- finishing the race off. Russian Emperor running through the line there. Shapes like he'd stay f- uh, 12 furlongs. 
absolutely bred in the blue. His dammy's Atlantic Jewel, who was the best filly in Australia over longer distances than Black Caviar uh, for a number of years. She was rated 100 and 121 by the Longines World Rankings two years in a row, and then 122 as a five-year-old only beaten once in a career, I think. I remember Atlantic Jewel because uh, at the old Frankel versus Black Caviar debate times, you had the obvious saying Frankel wasn't even as good as Atlantic Jewel. Uh, <laughs> this, this is her son by Galileo. I absolutely love a Galileo speed type influence cross as well. You know, she's a fascinating rock mare. And we saw her as well last season, a Galileo Aussie cross, Aussie speed cross, Anthony Van Dyke win the derby. This horse, I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up being better than Anthony Van Dyke. There's still a fair bit to work on and what he's shown enough is already is good enough to put him in the free. I think he wins. Tell us why we're wrong, Charlie. Um, you're both wrong because um, I don't think Russian Emperor was all that impressive at Ascot. I think he was just the best horse in the race and it showed because I wasn't personally sold on first receiver's form line. Um, in the Derrinstown, he should have hauled in Cormorant, uh, Cormorant, but I think it was pretty much just a case of a poorly timed ride uh, that day. He did win well at Ascot, but I just don't really see him as that big of a threat to English King or Mogul, just because I'm not convinced he really has it in him to grind out a derby win. Um, he is a big player behind uh, English King and Kameko, and I think he should probably be a little bit closer than he is. Uh, but I'm just not sold on on what he does, really. Um, I think the Hampton Court probably was a very good derby trial. Um, you know, Berlin Tango, again, ran a very, very good race after winning the Classic trial. But first receiver, I just didn't think he was that good, really. Uh, and his form doesn't really copy over to, you know, the big turf races like Epsom, you know. So um, I wouldn't be backing him, but um, he's not one that you can ignore because, you know, we've seen it before. Uh, obviously, as you mentioned, Anthony Van Dyke, Galileo out of a speedy Aussie mare. Um, he went and barreled home in the derby last year. So I think you can't ignore him because it's Aiden, and uh, he certainly has it on pedigree. But I just don't know if I can forgive that that Derrinstown, um, and also not quite sure of how the form with first receiver is going to work out. Just a question for you, Charlie. Would you be concerned if Ryan Moore went for the ride on Russian Emperor rather than Mogul? Um. I'm not one to really pay attention to um, Bally Doyle uh, jockey rankings. Like I mean, we always be like, oh, you know, Ryan Moore, then Jamie Heffern, and then Wayne Lord, and then you know we talk about like Bally Doyle third strings, if you will. But um, I wouldn't be too concerned. I think it's just uh, the stables' personal decision what they reckon the most likely most likely winner is, and then they can go for Russian Emperor and. Um, if someone say like Jamie ends up on Mogul, I wouldn't I wouldn't be sweating it. Because it's an interesting angle. Because there's going to be a few English jockeys who are going to come in for a few spare rides here. Because I, I doubt the O'Brien lot will, will, will be coming over. So it'd yeah, be interesting to see that. Ryan Moore riding 
what hill ride and then who'll pick up the ride. Surely, surely you got to Holly Doyle into that equation. Um, she, she's not booked up on anything. She, she's got to be riding one for all that. It'll be in, interesting to see who's riding, uh, well, Mogul or Russian Emperor. Yeah. If it wasn't for um, Tom Mokon keeping the ride on Khalifa Sat, um, I would have I would have imagined that he would pick up one for Aiden. So I was before before I realised he would be on Khalifa Sat. I thought um, Tom Mokon could be on yeah. Mogul. Um, does Adam Kirby have a ride in the race? Uh, no. He's, uh, he's uh, there's a Quote from O'Brien that's, that came out a couple of hours ago saying that it's looking likely Buick, James Doyle, and Adam Kirby will be picking up rides for Bally Doyle in the Derby. No, because I that's interesting because I was going to say they used Sean Levy, Pat Cosgrave, and Danny Tudup at Royal Ascot, so I thought that they might go along their lines again, but they are probably the three best jockeys without a ride. I'm I'm gonna argue with you here, Charlie, about you said you didn't like the Derringstown run. Has, has he clearly not improved from that, though, and left, left that behind? There was reasons to expect him to do so. And what I he think... saw that Royal Ascot, the flaws that were that were, uh, that were were prominent in the Derringstown, he didn't replicate. He's, I think he has come on from running the Derringstown, and part of me wants to just write that off as a bad ride. Or not necessarily a bad ride, but not the best timed ride. Um, but I just there was just that spark missing that you see with with Aiden's high quality horses when you see them and you see them quicken up, they pick up the bit and they really travel like a Derby winner because that's what Ballydale horses are bred to do. Um, he did turn it around in the Hampton Court, but I'm just not convinced what he put in in the Hampton Court is good enough to win a Derby unless he comes on a little bit more. So, do you do you think that was him? That was him at his best, and, and we're not going to see any more improvement with him. Because obviously, whilst fancying Mogul yourself, you've got a horse there who clearly needs to improve leaps and bounds from from his first run. I think um, the difference between how much Russian Emperor's come on from the Derringstown to the Hampton Court is not quite his ceiling, but I don't think it's far off. I think I would love Russian Emperor if the Eclipse was, in a normal year, if we had the Eclipse the month after the Derby and three rolls without in, I would love him as a potential one to get up there. Um, same with the Champion Stakes later on in the year. I think if he turns up there, he could be really, really tasty in that. But I'm just not sure I would want to take him because I, I think he's quite close to his best. That's interesting, mate. Just, just to find, just to put it to you again, just a final question, just to see exactly what you make of the horse. Me and Jim both think wins the Derby. What price would you have him? What price would you consider backable? Because he's generally seven to one, thirteen to two now. Would, would you, would you consider him at nines, tens? Um, I think at his current prices, he's one for combo tricasts, combo forecasts, but. Um, just as a sole win bet, I reckon a couple of points higher. Maybe if you stick him at maybe nines, I would. I'd probably have a back. I'd probably have a go on him. That's very very fair, mate. I'll let you start with the uh, with the ranking out of ten, then pal, and we'll see what me and Jim come up with. I'm gonna give him. 
I think I'd give him probably a six and a half, maybe a seven around around that Kameko range. I think he's definitely a likely winner than Kameko. Oh, I think he's hundred percent. I'm going in. I'm going going big and going all ten. I'm I'm I am not bold enough to give a horse a ten out of ten for a derby this late in the year over a new trip. But I would give Russian Emperor a nine out of ten. He's a horse. I think that wins the race. He wins the derby. Uh, I hope so. I hope so, mate. Not like Watson to be as bullish as anything. As we move on to another Coolmore representative. This time it's Serpentine, winner of the Curra Maiden last weekend. 25 to 1, absolutely hacked up last weekend. But again, probably needs to improve here, Charlie. Uh, he's got to come on by about 15, 20 pounds, I reckon, uh, to be in with a chance of winning the derby. Um, it's a quick turnaround. Uh, he's only got a week. A um, bit like Gold Maze. I think he's probably probably going to go off quite a fair clip. He could be up there with the pace with Bally Dawes lot. But um, I think he's kind of like this year's Sir Dragonay, just not with the ridiculously short price. Um, you know, he won by nine lengths on a um, over one mile two, not long before the derby, and they've just they've just left him in there. And yeah, I'm not optimistic about his chances, and and don't think we can we're going to see him do anything special. To be fair, yeah, it would surely be a huge ask. Need a huge huge career best to uh to win this off the back of. What was a really impressive performance last weekend, but the form of that means absolutely nothing compared to this. And he's only got a week to come over it. I'm quite happy to overlook him, Jim. Yeah, his pacemaker, move on. Do you have a fact about him? I have a fact. I know what Go the on. circle time is. Go on. Do you know what it is? It's something to do with a snake, isn't it? It is, <laughs> but it's also the big lake in Hyde Park in London. Is it? Is serpent is the serpentine, yeah. I think some for some reason this is really random. Serpentine is something to do with craft bandicoot, and I think when I used to play that <laughs> when I was younger, I, I think there's, there's some re- re- relation towards that. That that uh, could just be me. Another random fact is that uh, the creator of Crash Bandicoot follows me on Twitter. But, uh, <laughs> That's <laughs> <it's> a class. <laughs> yeah. What a game that is. Yeah, I used to love Did it. Get you on the pod. Yeah. <laughs> I tell you what, this pod gets weirder and weirder every week. <laughs> oh my days, Crash Bandicoot! What if I have an or if we have a podcast horse, we're gonna call him Crash Bandicoot. That is a cracking name. I'll check Matt, it on BHA. Might get might get copyrighted though. Might have to might have to get him to follow us first. To see oh, if yeah, ask if he can use it. <laughs> He'll go bash Bandicoot then. <laughs> That's even better. Uh, uh, yeah, Serpentine's probably got about as much chance of winning the derby as the proverbial Bash Crandicoot. Uh, <laughs> two out of ten for me, lads. He's a one. I'm going to give him a one as well. Oh, poor bastard. Uh, and move on <laughs> to number 16, which is Vatican City. This horse actually does have a chance for Aidan O'Brien, runner up in the Irish Guinness. Gorgeous, gorgeous pedigree. Right, uh, full brother to Glen Eagles and marvellous and happily is Dan's assistant to Giants Causeway by Galileo. Absolutely bred in the blue. I guess it's a trip though, Charlie. Um, you're right, he's got a beautiful pedigree. Um, the way he travelled in that Irish, um, 
Irish Guineas, obviously he was second behind Ziskin. Um, and he really looked like he was getting going towards the closing stages. Um, so I think with his pedigree, he should easily handle the trip. Um, I think he'll stay. Um, whether or not he'll stay well enough to be up there with your English Kings, with your Moguls, with your proper stout stayers that are going to be right up there at the end, uh, that remains to be seen. But I think at about eight, I wouldn't really be backing him. No, I mean, re-watching the Irish Guineas, he actually, I know lots of people are, had a bit of a giggle about Aidan O'Brien's team tactics, which he spoke about himself this week uh, in the Guardian with Chris Cook, which is a good read if, if anyone's not seeing that. They actually inconvenienced Vatican City more than they inconvenienced Siskin. <laughs> they did. He got a worse passage through than the winner. Horrendous. Uh, and he was finishing really, really fast. I think this is a group one horse team, but I'm just not sure whether this is a race for him. Same, I think probably a mile and two will be his furthest. I, I think he'll stay further than, than his other relatives. I think he'll go a mile and two, but I'm not exactly sure about a mile and four. Um, I, I do. I agree with you. I think he's a group one horse just running the wrong race. There seems to be a lot of horses that are fitting into this category for the Derby it's, for me. But it, but it's what, it's what we said like about the Guineas. There's only one. And if you've got an half-decent three-year-old that might end up only being rated 110, but you've, you know, you've only got three or four runs into him so far, why wouldn't you throw him at it? Yeah, why not give it a try? Um, I really like Baskin City. Um, fifth to my beloved Kid Ross, winner of Dundalk Maiden, second to Siskin in the Thousand Guineas. He's still lightly raced, isn't he? There's still a lot more to come for him, just not over a mile and four. Jim, you, you made your pace map, which we'll talk about before we wrap things up. You had Vatican City going going quite further, uh, going forward. That interested me, because even though he has been prominently ridden in his past two starts, I'd wonder whether they'd try to drop him out and ensure he stayed. That had been a tactic I'd, I'd, I'd employ on him. I wouldn't be going prominent with him. Uh, what would you be doing if you were the master of Ballydoyle and instructing whoever ends up on board Vatican City? Who, me? Yeah. I'd be going, ride him as, as positively as you can to see if he does stay. And if he doesn't stay, it's not the end of the world. We'll bring him back for another, for another big challenge over a smaller distance. That's fair enough. What about you, Charlie? How would, how would you like to see Vatican City ridden? Um, as he's untested the trip, I wouldn't stick him up there with a the pace. Um, whoever was riding him, I wouldn't be saying, right, go for hell for leather. Um, I reckon just, Drop him in just behind the pace, see if he can quicken off that. I think he shouldn't have a problem doing it. And um, as we say, that he's just one of those ones that should stay. He's probably Group One level, but maybe not in the Derby. But because there's so many of them, it's it's worth having a crack just because it is a very open race this year. Yeah, I'm I'm just not quite as convinced as as you see to be Charlie about about whether he stays. His family is just chock full of out and out milers. It'd give you confidence the way he finished off in the Guineas, and I'd, you know, I'd, I'd, put, I'd put money on him being able to stay ten furlongs. Again, though, how often is it is a derby won by a horse who doesn't properly get the trip? 
you'll you'll, you'll get horses who are beaten in derbies. You'll probably say the likes of Cracksman, who probably just found the full twelve furlongs a little bit a little bit too much for him at the time, whilst he was still quite an experienced raw horse, beaten by much inferior horses who do stay. You know, that'd just be the worry for Vatican City for me. I'm not ruling him out. I'm fascinated to watch him. Him, him and Kamiko are the two I'll be keeping the biggest eyes on during the race because I wouldn't be surprised if those two ended up being the best horses in it. They've probably shown the best form. In fact, they have shown the best form in it so far. Just not quite sure whether this is the most ideal race for him. It's a 7 out of 10 for me on Vatican City. Charlie? Um, I'll probably give him about the same as Kamiko just because... Just I think he should stay, but I'm not 100% convinced. Uh, so I'll give him six and a half. And James? Six for me, same as Kamako. Good horse, but not over the distance. We like that. But they are two fascinating runners, Vatican City and, and, and Kamiko, because there is normally a horse we have progressing from a Guineas to a Derby that runs in a Guineas, obviously looking like a Derby horse. This year it would have been military match. But he's out injured. But you know the likes of your Massars, your Australias, who run well in defeat in a Guineas, whilst always looking like they'd prefer the Derby trip. This year it isn't that. It's horses who look <coughs> like Milers in Guineas, now running in a Derby. It's fascinating. As we wrap things up with number 17, the once-raced John Gosden horse, Worverley, runs in the colours of George Strawbridge. Really well-bred, related to Locarno, a three-parts three brother to Fortworthy as well, who ran in a derby, I think in Camelot's derby, back in the day. Uh, winner at Newbury on his first start, James? Yeah, I really liked his win, but talk about chucking him in at the deep end. Um, I, I, he did that really well. He was quite slow away uh, and didn't get pushed around early on, just got taught his job by Martin Harley. Um and then come to the two furlong posts, there was a nice horse of William Haggis's that's backed up the farm since uh, in the Cheveley Park. Because Coral work, uh, passed, passed with ease, uh, just hands and heels, and, and eased up towards the end. Comfortable two-length victory. Um, interesting that Gosden's pitched him in this deep. This is, I don't, I can't really remember much that he's done like this before. Um, however. Might as well have a stab in the dark. It, 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 who knows who this derby's going to be good or bad. Might as well have a have a dart at it with a one out of one winner. Yeah, I it was the the impression I got from from his win at at Newbury, and not not wanting to sound down on the horse because he he beat what was a reasonable maiden field fairly decisively. But I never felt like he was going clear. You know, it felt slightly educational. It felt workmanlike to me. Do you think? I, I thought it, it were quite classy. I, I thought it was just hands and heels. Uh, I thought he had a bit more under the bonnet than what they were shown. Oh, don't let me wrong. He, he probably did, but it just didn't take my breath away. And I could be, you know, he could make me look like an absolute mug. And he probably is better, you know, he, he probably will improve from that Newbury run. In fact, it's almost impossible for him not to have done. And it was it was an all right race. Coral Work was the runner-up, the Cheveley Park horse, who's who's been knocking about in some decent maidens this season. 
I don't know, mate. When, when I rewatched it this morning, I came away not as impressed as I felt I was the first time. Yeah. And that worries me. Maybe I'm more positive on him than you. Oh, I think you are. What about you, Charlie? Um, I think his run at Newbury was it was really nice to be fair. The way the way he, uh, he just travelled like a dream throughout. Um, he was always travelling best. I think um, when he came upsides, uh, coil work, and then then just he went away easily. I think um, it was just a bit of work that. Um, but I think while he's got the pedigree to stay, he's out of point of uh, he's by point of entry. Sorry, um, and I just think it's a bit bit of a high high ask for him to to put him in the derby on his on his second start. Do you think he's a sort of horse that in a normal season would have won his maiden in March and then gone for a trial? Yeah, um, yeah definitely. I think w- without the whole coronavirus thing going on, I reckon he'd have um, won a maiden, uh, probably been entered entered into. One of the trials, maybe maybe Lingfields, maybe um, probably the Dante. He looks he looks quite kind of like a Dante horse, if you ask me. Um, but I reckon he probably would be higher up in the betting uh, if it weren't for the whole thing going on. But at the minute, I'm not sure he's got enough under the bonnet to to get home in his army. Yeah, I'd, I'd 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 agree with that, Charlie. Don't get me wrong. I, I don't think I don't think Wervel is a poor horse, and I like a horse having a crack at a derby on the second start, and it doesn't, you know, a defeat. I think Ulysses running yeah. his derby on only his second start, and he was absolutely spanked, and ended up being a world class four year old. You know, so so don't don't discount Wervel if if he doesn't produce the goods at Epsom on Saturday. But I mean, it's like. Paul Nichols says, you know, the horse doesn't know it's only a second start, does it? No, that 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 is true. That so, is true. Well, if Paul doesn't know it's a derby at second start. But... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's, it it just is it is a horse I'm happy to overlook, Jim. If I'm honest. Yeah, I, I understand. I, I I mean, I don't. I'm not completely ruling him out, but I, I think for me, he's a five. He's, he's middle of the road. Oh no, I can't see it. I'm giving him a three out of ten. I'm just, I'm just not really keen on him, mate. I'm, I really are. I'd rather back Max Vega at fifties and Worley at thirty threes, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we'll see, won't we? <laughs> we will see, Charlie. Your final thoughts on on Worley? Uh I'm same as you. I'd rather back Max Vega. I'd rather back Khalifa Sat. I think he's got as much chance as Bash Crimecoop. <laughs> 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 Which is actually available according to the BHA horse name of the BHA checker. So get it reserved. Get it reserved. This could be the formation of a turf talk pod syndicate with Bash Crandicoot running in our colours, and we need to make them the most horrific colours possible. Can we, no, we've <laughs> got to make them like Crash Bandicoot. We've got to be orange. <laughs> <laughs> We're like black stripes on the sleeves, and. Uh, we've got to have a white cap because he's white under his chin, isn't he? Um, yeah. If, if we're going to make him, we're going to make him like Bash Grandicoot. Can we ask? Can we ask whether our jockeys can wear can wear a, like can keep the mask on and they can have a Crash Bandicoot mask? <laughs> <laughs> I 
You surely that's pushing it a bit. Oh, that poor arse. That poor imagine in the arse. Uh, Jim, the pace. How will the race unfold? We don't have the draw yet. But uh, I find it very interesting that you just took the time out this afternoon just to just to have a, a full pace map. Obviously, there'll be Aidan O'Brien pacemakers, we reckon. We think there'll be Oren Nafin and Serpentine. Serpentine certainly looks like he'd love to go for the front. Where do we think the likes of English King, Kamiko, the ones at the top of the market, will be ridden? Uh, English uh, Kamiko midfield. I, I think he'll be around he'll be mid-div, uh, sitting behind sitting behind the pace. I think English King will be held up. I'm of the opinion that be, he will be towards the back. I don't think he will be last of the field. I think I see Highland Chief from Mahican Heights uh, coming from right from the back. I think English King will be around with English em- Emperor, uh, English Emperor, sorry, Russian Emperor, uh, merging the names together there. Um, I, I think that they'll come together and whichever one gets the cleanest run through will probably be winning the race. Um I see Gold Maze Khalifa sat uh, going more forward uh, than than most of the field. Um, you've mentioned uh, the soldiers' song and Serpentine being the O'Brien pacemakers in this, um, which you can see, and I can see Pile Driver uh, Armory if he turns up Vatican City. I think they'll I think they'll go quite with Vatican City as I've mentioned and I think Mogul won't be too far away from the leaders as well getting rolling early on and getting going I I think the two most interesting horses in terms of pace are Vatican City do they take the risk and drop him out and try and ensure he gets the trip or do they ride him as they have done previously and ride him forward or and Khalifa Sat who does like to go forward but to me, it looks like a horse who will get further than 12 furlongs. And therefore, whether he actually has the pace to lie up quickly, you know, and whether he's the sort of horse who will find himself outpaced early stage, they hope that they go a good clip in the derby always, and whether that might compromise his chance of actually hitting the frame. He'll be going forward at the finish, I think, but whether he'll be able to hold his position early doors is my main worry with him. Is there anything you're interested in pace-wise, Charlie? Um, I think you're definitely right with Khalifa Sat. I would, I would love it if he went off like a million miles an hour and ended up holding on. But um, I think, I think Jim's probably nailed it on. I think Khalifa Sat's going to go forwards. If I was on Vatican City, I'd want to drop him in just behind the pace. But I think um, it would be nice to see English King. Um, a little bit further up, um, but realistically, I think Frankie is going to drop him, drop him out of the back, put him to sleep until about the three furlong marker, and then give him a bit of a shake to try and pick people off. But um, yeah, I think in terms of pace, I wouldn't really want any of the big four anywhere near the front. So you know, English King wants to be out the back, Kamiko wants to be sort of mid division, Mogul and Russian Emperor don't really want to be up there battling out for the lead but um, yeah I think in terms of pace Vatican City I wouldn't want to take a chance and go all the way up but Khalifa Sat would be my most likely pace setter if um, if he can get in early past the Ballydale boys like Serpentine and um, Aaron Nathian 
Thank you for saying his name, Charlie. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I was just pausing about Song of Soldiers. <laughs> but yeah. Thank you for actually trying, actually trying. It doesn't happen enough on this podcast. Uh, we'll wrap things up with a 1-2-3 then for the Derby. And I guess it's uh, fair to start with you, Charlie. Um, I'm going to go with Mogul first. Um, I think English King in second. And then I'll go with a big price third in... Khalifa Sat. We've got two of the same three there, Charlie. Two of the same three. I think Russian Emperor will be English King in the Derby. And Khalifa Sat will pick up the pieces and stay on past the flounder in Kamiko and Vatican City to nab third at a big price. I'd happily take Khalifa Sat at five places, or if you get in 20s of that, I think that's a really, really decent each way bet. Uh, probably keener on him each way to be fair than I'm on anything to win the race uh, Watson what about you brother? Russian Emperor to absolutely holes up uh, English King once again in second uh, I think Mogul will get third and I think Khalifa start before uh, I think Mogul's probably got more of a chance of being further forward than Khalifa so. however I, I do think he'll stay on and finish fourth uh, it'll be a lovely trial for the St. Ledger yeah, we all like that. I like I like that. It's a nice feeling when you all come on the same outsider because we're all going to be cheering that one home, hopefully, to hit the frame. Uh, thanks for joining us, Charlie. Thanks for uh, being at the phone at the formation of the name of the first horse. <laughs> hopefully we buy as a syndicate. Do you reckon we could try and get Scotty T to ride? Maybe as a charity appearance. <laughs> <laughs> no, can we get the other one? Sam, Sam Golan. Golan. Sam Gowland, yeah. He's Don't been doing a bit. He's been doing Dirty a bit. Man. He's been doing. Oh yeah, I forgot. How could I realise? No. <laughs> oh yeah, we, we need more Geordie jockeys. <laughs> <laughs> Not short well, enough. I know. Uh, we will be. We will be talking about the rest of the weekend's action. There's so much. We're, we're going to record later in the week, aren't we, Jim? Uh, talk about. The rest of the card at Epsom, which has the Oaks on it, Derby and the Oaks on the same day. The Eclipse. We'll probably pop over to France for a bit, won't we? Yeah, we're going continental. Uh, sadly, no Epsom dash, though. So that, that's the only disappointment about this weekend. Yeah, poor ornate. Poor Chef de Zobo. What a nightmare <laughs> for everyone there. I think uh, he just galloped past my window, Chef de Zobo. There's some horses just behind. Just looking out my window, there's some horses that have just galloped past. They were going pretty slow, like. Oh, it's peak, it's peak turf talk, isn't it? It's peak turf talk. Like even on an Epsom, well, I can't say Epsom Derby because people cry. Even with a Derby at Epsom preview, uh, we still managed to find a way to laugh at Shefter's elbow. That's not fair, poor lad. Uh, we will wrap up, but hopefully. We've found you the winner of the derby between the three of us. Hopefully it'll be Mogul or Russian Emperor. Hopefully We've definitely mentioned him. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully Cleavesat runs into a place. Uh, hopefully Bash Crandicoot turns out to be half decent whenever he exists. And hopefully 
you're still you're still tuning into this. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll see you all again later in the week. Thanks for listening. See you later. Stay safe. Ciao.